my daughter with me, my nine-year-old daughter, my oldest daughter, to see the new Star Wars movie in the theater. And it is the first time she had seen a Star Wars movie in the movie theater. And it was a big day for her. And it was also a big day for me because um, Return of the Jedi, the third Star Wars movie, was the first movie I ever saw in a theater. Now, my daughter has seen movies in a movie theater before, but this is the first time she had ever seen uh, a movie, a Star Wars movie, in the theater with her dad. And it was a big moment for us, maybe more me than anybody else, but it was a big moment for us. Uh, A couple rows behind us, before the movie started, there was a woman who was complaining to the people that she was with that she couldn't believe that they had dragged her to see this movie. Uh, And she obviously did not want to see the new Star Wars movie. And I was thinking about how different it was for me to have all these memories of watching them as a kid and watching them with my own kid and how it was special for me, but for the woman behind me, it was not special at all. Um, in November, this video came out, and it was of uh, this, this seventh grader, and he was colorblind, and the principal at his school was also colorblind, and the principal had these glasses that allowed him to see color. And the student was new, and he had just transferred to the school, and so the principal took his glasses off and gave it to the student, the seventh grader, in order for him to see color. So it's a video of a 12 or 13-year-old kid who has never seen color before, and he automatically can see all of these colors. And he just breaks down crying, and I do too, and it's, it's, it's really this powerful thing. But I was thinking about how those glasses mean a lot more to that seventh grade kid than they do to me, someone who's seen colors my entire life. There are all kinds of things that mean more just because of the circumstance and the situation and the person it's happening to. If you're in an office and you get a birthday cake that somebody brought, it's just a cake. But to to the person who got a birthday cake, it's a bigger deal, right? And there are things that we do in our church that if you look at them from the outside, you wonder why they're such a big deal. Or you wonder why they mean the things that they mean. or, Or what they actually mean at all. And so what we're going to talk about this morning is, last week we started talking about why we do certain things at SOMA, why we do things as a church. And one of the things we're going to talk about this morning is um, baptism. Last week we talked about communion, and that's this thing that we do at the end of all our services. And if you don't know anything about it, it's just taking a piece of bread and dipping it in a cup and eating the bread. 
but we recognize it as a remembrance of Christ's body and blood that was broken and shed for us. And when we think of it that way, it means a lot more. And so baptism is another one of these things that, on the surface, it just looks like pouring water over somebody's head, or dunk, in our case, dunking them in a feeding trough. And, but, but it's much more than that. But that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So we're going to be in two different passages. And so I'm going to ask you to go ahead and turn. The first passage we're going to be in is in Matthew chapter 3. And if you don't have a Bible, we have English and Spanish Bibles in the back. You can take it, borrow it, keep it if you want. We'd love for you to have it as our gift. But we're going to start in Matthew chapter 3. Uh, and as you're turning there, I want to invite you to pray with me. God, we thank you for this celebration of baptism and what it means. Um, and as we, as we talk about it, we want, we want to really be aware of what it means and what it can mean for us, not just as a church, but as individual people who follow you. So we pray that as we grow in faith, that we would... Think about this one thing, baptism, and what it actually means for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Matthew 3, we're going to start in verse um, 13. Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. So this is the first story of someone being baptized in the entire Bible. Uh, this is actually the first record of anybody being baptized in all of human history. Baptism starts in the New Testament. And so it starts with this guy, John. John is a prophet. Uh, we talked about him a few weeks ago in our Christmas series. And how he is the, the person who's supposed to make way for Jesus to come. So he is sort of um, the opening act to Jesus. He um, lets everybody know that, that Jesus is coming, the Messiah is coming, that God is going to change the world through uh, coming to earth and through this man, Jesus. And so he, he's telling people to repent of their sin, to confess their sin, and as part of that, they are baptized. This is John the Baptist. Great last name for that guy, right? Sorry, I wrote that joke out, and I knew it wasn't going to land, but I had to do it anyway. Um, I wrote that, and I was like, there's no way that's funny. But So John is baptizing people as this... Um, awareness that they are repenting of their sin, that they are confessing sin. And one of the things John says is the kingdom of God is coming. 
And so it's one, this recognition of God washing away the sin of his people. And it's also this uh, awareness that the people have that, that God's kingdom is coming to earth. That God is making people new, and he's changing the world, and he's changing humanity. And the funny thing about this is, is Jesus is baptized. And this is strange because Jesus doesn't need to confess sin. He doesn't need to repent. Jesus doesn't sin. And Jesus doesn't need for somebody to tell him that the kingdom of God is near because that's what he's come to do. Jesus knows his purpose in life. So, why is Jesus baptized? This is a good question. And people have talked about this for a lot of reasons, and they have kind of debated why Jesus is baptized, but something is very clear is John says to Jesus, I don't need to baptize you. This is not something that that you need. I've been baptizing plenty of people, but if anything, like maybe you should baptize me, but I don't need to do this for you. And Jesus says, no, this, this must be fulfilled because this is what God wants. This is part of God's plan. And so there's this recognition from the very first recorded baptism that Baptism is something that God does. It's something that God starts in the heart of his people. And so uh, Jesus sets an example for all of us to be baptized. He doesn't have to be, but he is. But something that we see from the very beginning is baptism isn't just this thing that we do because you go to church and that's what people do at church is you get baptized. It is something that God is doing in the hearts of people And it shows up in this uh, holy, sacred tradition called baptism. Uh, Buried with baptism into death and raised to to new life is something that we say when we baptize. And that's what God is doing in the life of his people. Now, a lot of us grew up in different traditions about what baptism is. So there's a lot of people here, and we all, a lot of us come from different churches and different backgrounds, and there are a lot of us, uh, Daniel and I, the pastors here, have both done quite a few baptisms, and a lot of times when you talk to baptism, people think it's something they have to do in order for them uh, to, to like be saved or, or go to heaven. They think it's this thing that they have to do in order to be right with God, but The reality is, if we have to be baptized every time we sin or mess up, then there's going to be a long line of people three times a day to be baptized because we all need to be baptized every day if baptism is something that we have to do as part of, uh, like, confession. There are a lot of us that think that, like, my baptism, it just didn't take because I thought I'd be, like, perfect and life would be easier after I get baptized baptized. We, I've had conversations with people who think that's what baptism is. It's like, I got baptized and, and then like I still had pressures and temptations and well, yeah, that's what happens. So baptism isn't this thing that you do and it, it, you're like perfect 
And it's also not something that you do that you have to do in order to, to get into heaven. It's not like a ticket that you have to punch in order to get to see God for eternity. It is this response to what God is doing in your life. It is a declaration to the world that this thing that has happened in my heart is happening on the outside as well. And I want people to know that. So Jesus doesn't have to be baptized, but he does to set an example for us and to also show us that baptism is something that God does in our hearts and lives. And so that's one story of baptism that's in the New Testament. Um, If you have a Bible, I want you to turn over to Acts chapter 8 is where we're going to be now. I took it out and I lost my place. This is a completely different story of baptism. Um, And this is Acts chapter 8. It's going to start in verse 26. But this is not Jesus being baptized. It's a completely different person and it's a completely different time. This is actually after Jesus has died, resurrected, and gone back up into heaven. So Jesus isn't on earth anymore. And it starts in verse 26 of Acts chapter 8. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south, down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And the man replied, How can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shears. He did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture... Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down to the water, and Philip baptized him. The first story is of Jesus being baptized, and we see that it's something that God does. As soon as Jesus comes up out of the water... It says the Spirit of God came down from heaven and rested. It says like a dove, but it doesn't say a dove floated down and landed on Jesus' shoulder. It says the Spirit of God sort of hovered around Jesus. It's this description that we can't really understand. And in another account of Jesus' baptism, it says the voice of God actually says, This is my Son. I'm pleased with Him. And so it's a work of God, and and here we have a work of God, but it looks completely different. So there's this this royal treasurer 
from a different kingdom in Ethiopia, and he's just reading the Old Testament scriptures in Isaiah. He's reading them out loud. And Philip, one of Jesus' 12 disciples, walks up and he hears this man reading from Isaiah. And it says, the Holy Spirit prompts Philip, says to Philip, go talk to that man right now. And we don't know if Philip heard an audible voice Probably, maybe not. It could have been just this nudging that he knew. But as soon as Philip hears the power of the Holy Spirit in his life, it says that he runs to this man. So God leads Philip to go to this person. And he sits and talks to him. And he asks the man, he asks the Ethiopian eunuch, what are you reading? And he quotes this passage from the Old Testament, Isaiah. This passage that is uh, predicting the coming of Jesus, predicting his death, and predicting that he would not face his accusers, he would just, he would willingly sacrifice himself. And the the Ethiopian eunuch believes the story. Says Philip takes this one passage in the Old Testament and uses it to tell the story of Jesus. And the Ethiopian believes. And so inside his heart, God has done something in the heart of the Ethiopian eunuch, treasurer, royal treasurer. And I guess they're talking or they're just kind of riding down the road and it says they come up to some water. And we don't know if it's a lake or a pond or a creek that runs by, but the eunuch looks at the water and says, here is some water, Let's be, let me be baptized right now. Is there anything stopping me from showing the world what God has done in my life? And Philip says, all right, let's do this. So they go and they baptize. He comes out of the water. And so there is a completely different story. Jesus doesn't need to be baptized. But he is anyway, to set an example for us. But this man reads the Old Testament scriptures, hears the story of Jesus, believes it, and this is an act of obedience. It is this thing that he does where he says, I want to show the world what God has done in my life. And so... He, he's, he's baptized. And so he goes down in the water and he comes up. Now, we could look at that story and say the supernatural part of that story is the fact that he goes down into the water and comes back up. But I think we're missing the grander part of the story is that God prompted Philip to go talk to this man who was reading the scriptures and he came to faith. And that is a powerful story. And baptism is just what happens after God does all the work. And so we invite people to baptism at our church. We want people to be baptized regularly. We we celebrate that with people and, and we're excited when it happens. And it happens in a lot of different ways. But one thing we always want to be clear about is that when, when people are baptized, it is always a recognition of the grace that God gives to us. 
before we could ever choose God, before we could ever respond to God, we recognize that God has come before us to make us right with him. There are other accounts of baptism in the New Testament. There's the story of uh, Cornelius, this guy who's not a follower of Jesus, but he has this vision. And Peter, one of the disciples, comes and talks to him and tells him the story of Jesus. And Cornelius believes. And Cornelius is baptized as soon as he believes. But his whole family is baptized. And, and for someone who, uh, Cornelius is a, like a royal guard. And so he would have had a large family, probably a large house, and lots of people. It says his entire household is baptized. I believe this is true. I believe God is doing something. So my whole family is coming along with me in this journey. Um, but I want us to be really clear. The baptism is a response to what God is already doing. Um, I used to work at camp when I was in college. And we had a lot of kids and teenagers come to camp multiple years. And sometimes they would come three or four weeks out of the summer um, because they really like going and their parents didn't mind sending them. And I, I remember there was this one kid and every single time he came, he would feel guilty about stuff that he had done. And he, he'd be like, all right, I need to be baptized again. And we'd be like... Look, man, you've been baptized 11 times. We don't have to do this anymore. But that's the way we feel sometimes. It's this thing that's going to make me new and make me fresh. You don't have to be baptized over and over again. But we also want to acknowledge what God is doing in the life of you and your family. So we'll do baptisms for adults who make a first-time profession of faith. Um, And we've done that. Where we come over here, we fill up a trough, and there's been times when we've spilled water all over the stage and made huge messes, and it's been such an amazing celebration. And there's been times when people have brought their newborns up, and we have baptized them uh, as a way of acknowledging that before this child can ever speak, before this child can ever make the decision to follow Jesus for themselves, that God has come before that child. And we present the child to our church and say, we collectively together as a church say, we are going to always acknowledge God's grace to this child so that they will one day make this decision for themselves. In April of 2018, on Easter Sunday, we met Soma at Fair Park downtown. That way. And it was our first service ever. And, um, and it was an, um, like an amazing service and an amazing launch. And God is still doing amazing things in our church right now. And we acknowledge that. That was in April of 2018. Well, in May of 2018, um, we had a baptism. And um, before we did our baptism, um, the uh, teenager who was baptized, um, did a a short video. And he's not here this morning, but I asked his permission. We're going to show that video again. Um, And so let's, let's do that.
chicos, hermanas, un chiquito hermano, hermano Stephanie, Kimberly, Saúl, mi mamá se llama Marisol y mi papá también se llama Saúl. My main hobby is just playing video games and I do like to play the violin. We learned a lot in this uh, group that I always go to every Wednesday, the youth group. The one thing that really stuck to me was that about this story about a father and two sons and one of them went away with all the father's money and came back. He didn't think that he would be forgiven, but he was. And that taught me that no matter what you do, God will always forgive you. I'm going to become baptized to show that I accept uh, Christ in my life and that he is my savior. Tu Señor eres bueno y perdonador. Grande es tu amor por todos los que te invocan. Salmos 86, 5. Um, we played that video, and Mario came over here, and we dunked him in water and brought him back up. And... We could have just done that. Um, but his story is much more powerful um, when we know that this is a response to what God is doing in his life. Um, people talk, uh, I have lots of interesting conversations about our church. And probably if you've been going here for very long, you probably have had interesting conversations with people about our church. Um, because people are always like, okay, I don't really understand how that works. And usually I'm just like, if, if you live close, you just, just come, and it'll make a lot more sense when you come. Uh, but one thing I do get is, oh, that's really cool that you guys are doing that. Uh, that's, that's a really cool thing that you're, you're doing to, to gather people together from uh, different uh, like countries and languages. And, and we agree. It's it's very cool to be able to be part of this body. And we are thankful for it. And we're thankful for what God is doing. Um, but we just didn't start a Sunday morning gathering of people to come together and be excited about hanging out with each other. We did this for stories like this that end up in life change and baptisms where... Yes, there is a marker where we can say God started a journey at this point in somebody's life, but, but continues to change and shape people. And that's why we exist. Because if we ever get to the point where we're just patting ourselves on the back because we have a bunch of different people come to our church, I, don't, I hope that you don't want to be a part of a church that just is happy that we're just gathered together. I hope that all of us want people to come to faith and grow in faith and experience life change, life that really is life because of the forgiveness that's offered to us in Christ. And so, we will continue to baptize people. And I just want to say that there, if, our, if there are people in this room who have not been baptized Come talk with one of us, with me or Daniel, 
And we're not going to do it right now. It's okay. We'll give you a little time. But I, I want us to continue to share with each other and with the world. We want to be able to share, this is what Christ is doing in my life. Um, our church exists so that people will come to Jesus and experience the radical forgiveness that he offers them. That's it. We feel a unique call in Tupelo. But most importantly, more than anything, we want people to know that they have a home here because they have a home in God's kingdom. And this just happens to be what the kingdom looks like. So, um, if you've never been baptized and would like to talk to us about it, um, schedule time with us during the week or come talk to us at the end of the service. We would love to make that a reality. Um, but our prayer is that all of us would come to Jesus and that our lives would reflect what he's doing. Because we realize that life change happens when we respond to God. He does the work first. Uh, let's pray together. <clears throat> God, it is a great honor to um, be in your presence. To come and sing and pray and read in the scriptures and know that you're part of all of this. And God, we pray that we would respond to you, whatever that may mean for us, that we would respond in confession, that we would respond uh, with changing our lives and changing our behavior, that we would respond by coming and taking communion, that we would respond in baptism, that we would respond to the good news that you saved us. That when we were in our darkest, lowest moments, that you didn't, you didn't wait for us to get our act together, but you reached down into the dark depths of our lowest moments and pulled us out. God, we pray that we would continue to be aware of that and respond to that in everything we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.